I hope you're well. And if you're online joining us, I hope you're well as well. Shane Warne was one of the most famous cricketers, uh, not just in Australia, but in the world. There should be a photo. Um, After his sporting career, he entered a life in media business and was very successful. He had three children in their 20s and what seemed to be a very fulfilling and, and satisfied life. Sadly, however, a few weeks ago, due to a heart attack, he passed away at the age of 52. And um, I don't know if you, anyone watched the, the memorial this week. I couldn't, I couldn't not watch it. It was the most Australian thing you could do to watch his memorial. It was really sad. Kobe Bryant, one of the most famous basketball players in the world, He won five NBA championships with the LA Lakers, retired as one of the top five basketball players of all time. But sadly, two years ago, he was in a helicopter accident and passed away at the age of 41. 41. Sadly, on that helicopter was Gianna Bryant, Kobe's daughter. She was a budding basketball player, wanting to follow in the footsteps of her father into professional basketball, and sadly, her life was cut short at the age of 13. 13. Not one of these people would have woken up that morning and thought to themselves, hey, is this my last day? Is this, is this, is this going to be my last day? Not many people in the world would have woken up this morning with the same question. Hey, is today going to be my last day? I can guarantee it. No one even in this room woke up this morning and thought to themselves, hey, today could be it. And yet, the most sure thing in our lives The one guarantee that occurs in this lifetime is this, that one day it will end. One day it will finish. They say death is one of the greatest teachers because it teaches us about life and how to live our lives. One of my mentors advised me wisely. He said, you don't have to turn up to every wedding you're invited to unless you're presiding the wedding. You should turn up to that one or unless you're the groom or bride. But you should turn up to every funeral because it gives you perspective of life and it keeps you on the ground. Now, we've been in the Gospel of Luke and we've titled the series, There's Something About Jesus. And we've been looking at the life of Jesus through the eyes of Luke. There's something that's just different about Jesus. There's something that's just supernatural about Jesus. Something that's just amazing about Jesus. And the passage we're going to read through today is no different. And I hope that this morning, once again, as we look at God's Word, that It wouldn't just be information 
to build your knowledge, but that it would be inspiration to transform your life. We're in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 38. And there are three things that we can learn about Jesus. The first one is this. Jesus gives us perspective. Let me read from 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he told them this parable, a story. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Some random in the crowd wants to use the authority and wisdom of Jesus for his own financial gain. Jesus, tell my brother to give me money. And Jesus turns around and rebukes the man, rebukes the desire, the motivation that was in that man's heart of greed. Verse 15, watch out, be on guard against all kind of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And this is the warning that Jesus gives to the crowd, and I believe that he gives to each and every one of us. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. And to further explain this, he tells us a story of a man who was rich, and he was a farmer, and he, and, and, and he had an amazing crop one year. And he thought to himself, man, I have so much money. I have so much stuff, I don't know where to put it. I don't know where I'm going to store it. What should I do? He goes, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a bigger house. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to build a bigger barn, and, and, and I'm going to put all the more money that I have into that barn. And then what I'll do is I'll sit back, I'll retire, I'll take life easy, the words read precisely, take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Have you heard this phrase before? It's the motto of our world. Take life easy, eat, drink, be merry, be happy, do what you want to do, be what you want to be. Yeah, you know. Some of, you, some of you are old enough to know what that song is. This is the message of the world we live in today. Work hard. Earn more. 
buy more, build a bigger barn, buy a bigger house, and then earn more, pay off that house, and then buy another house, and upgrade your car, and then continue to promote yourself success after success, so that at one point you have enough money so you can sit back, take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. That's the goal of the world. That's the goal of the world we live in. That's the definition of worldly success. And yet to the dreams of the world and to the motto of the world, Jesus gives us perspective in verse 20 when God said to the fool, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Now, can I just pause for a moment? Jesus has no problems with money. This is not saying don't have money, right? Read what it says. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Can I tell you, I have met so many great people that are rich financially, but are also rich godly. I have met people that are so generous to the kingdom of God and they are generous in the world that they live in today. The perspective that Jesus is giving to us is an eternal perspective and he says, hey, think about your life in the context of eternity, not just the 70, 80, 90, 100 years you're going to live, but remember that one day you will die. One day you will die. And what will you do with everything that you have? The eternal perspective takes our lives and puts it in the context of eternity. And you know what that does? It reminds us that our lives are very short and very small. They are temporary at best and can end any minute. And yet... We invest our lives into the things of this world, into the temporary things of this world. We pour everything that we have into success, worldly success, to build an empire of wealth and success, to be rich and famous, to to have security and significance. And Jesus says, hey, your life could finish this afternoon. Your life could finish next week. Then what are you going to do? You know, I know in our our congregation, we, we have people with new jobs, new houses, new cars, new babies, new marriages. And you know what? They're all good things. But what Jesus is saying, have perspective. Have perspective. That's the first thing that Jesus gives to us. He gives us perspective. Secondly, he gives us provision. Verse 22 to 28. So after Jesus has said, don't, don't, don't just store things for yourself, but be rich toward God. He says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. And he gives us two examples. Consider the ravens. 
let's contextualize this. Cons consider the Stratfield Square pigeons. What do they do? Do they sow or reap? Do they, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. They're always there. They never die. How much more valuable you are than these birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very thing, why do you worry about the rest? Verse 27, consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus not only gives us perspective, but he also gives us the promise of provision. In the context that our lives are short, temporary, and can be taken away in any minute, you know, that, that's a scary thought. You know, it's a scary thought to live your life like, man, like, you know, I, 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 I might not make it to church next week. I might not make it to my next birthday. I might not make it to next year. You know, there's so much anxiety in that. And we live in that. Let's just own that right now. We live in the most anxious time in our lives. And yet Jesus comes back and says what? Do not worry. Do not worry. And you're like, Jesus, do you know the world we're living in right now? You know? We wake up in the morning with a, you know, with a temperature and we don't know if we're going to go to work or not. You know, one of our kids gets sick and you're like, ah, oh, there we go. There goes the whole week of plans, right? We live in a world where we wake up and the first thing we do is we look at the news because we don't know what's going on in this world. And yet in the context of that, Jesus says, do not worry. Do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your eat, what you're going to eat. Do not worry about your body. Do not worry about what you wear. For life is more than food and body more than clothes. In this temporary life that we live, Jesus says, do not spend your life worrying because worrying does nothing. I love that verse. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever sat there and you thought, and you, you, you're in a problem, you're in some anxiety, you're in a dispute, you're in a resolution, you sit there and you worry about what if, what if, what if, what if, and you do that for an hour. And so many of us are like this, right? Especially the big thinkers, right? They just worry, worry, and suddenly you go down a rabbit hole, and, and suddenly this little problem becomes a, a little bit bigger problem, and then suddenly a, a really big problem, and then it becomes K-drama, and someone has cancer. Right? It just, it just escalates just like that, right? Can I tell you, the one hour, they're exactly the same thing. The one hour of you worrying has changed nothing about your life. In the same way that watching that one hour of K-drama changed nothing in your life. And not that I have a problem with K-drama, but I'm just giving you perspective. Both of those things will do nothing in your life. Who by worrying adds a single hour. No. Our time is set. Can I tell you, if I worry about my kids, right? And as a parent, every 
Every parent worries about their kids. Every parent wants the best for their kids. All right? Can I tell you, if I sit there worrying about my kids, will it change my kids? No. It will change me. Make me more anxious. Make me more worried. Jesus gives us the promise and says, I will provide. I will provide for whatever you need. Look at the birds of the air. What do they do? What productivity do they bring? Nothing. And yet God feeds them. What about the flowers in the field? How many degrees do they have? How much money have they earned? How much Bitcoin do they have? What input do they have into world peace? And yet, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Friends, in the context that our lives are temporary at best, Jesus also gives us the promise of provision to give to you what you need. Now, I know there's this difference between what you want and what you need, and sometimes there's a gap. Sometimes we're like, God, I need a car, but I want a Maserati. Right? And sometimes God will say, okay, have a Maserati. Not me. I'm waiting, but, you know. And then sometimes he says, here, have a Hyundai XL. You guys don't know what Hyundai XL is, eh? That's an old car. Hyundai XL was the one car that you bought for 13000 You opened the door, you stepped in, and the devaluation was, it just went straight to 5000 <laughs> They used to joke, if you crash in a Hyundai XL, you won't crash, you will die. It was just, it was this little peanut of a car. God promises he will give to you what you need. That's his promise to you. So not only does Jesus give us perspective, he gives us provision. And finally, he gives us purpose. Friends, if our lives are temporary at best and God says, I'm going to provide, then what are we doing? What do we need to do then? Right? If our lives are short and God's like, I'm going to give you everything you need, then what, what's the purpose of my life? Right? And I think without that purpose, a lot of people can just say, oh, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy my life. Well, I'm going to do other things. I'm, going to, I'm just going to you know, do things that I like. But you know what? Jesus, he actually gives us purpose as well. Verse 29, 34. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief will come near, no moth will destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says the world of pagans, the world of unbelievers, that's what they live for. Wealth and success. But if we understand, if we truly understand eternal perspective, and if we truly believe that God will provide, then what are we meant to do? Verse 31, seek first His kingdom. Live for Him. Live for what God wants. And everything you need, He'll give it to you. It's not about your empire. 
It's not about your kingdom. It's not about your portfolio, your bank account, your house, your car. It's not about you. If we truly understand that our lives are a dot on the scope of eternity, we believe that God will provide all that we need. Then what do we do? We're meant to live for God and His kingdom. God, Jesus is saying to us, invest your life into something that goes beyond your life. Invest your life into something that has meaning, not just in this world, but for all of eternity. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Jesus gives us that truth. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I can tell you black and white. You show me your bank account, I will show you who you worship. I will show you whose empire you are building. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says, live for his kingdom. Because that's what God wants for us. Three quick observations as we finish. Number one, life is short. James 4.14, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That is the reality of our lives. We are a mist. We are like a breath. <sighs> Gone. Nobody woke up this morning and thought to themselves, this could be my last day. But the reality is, and the most sure guarantee is this, that life is short. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. Life is short. You know, I, I watched the, the warning memorial. And it was emotional. You know, I'm not normally an emotional guy. <sighs> Sometimes. But at the end, and where it got me was, the last part of it was when his three kids got up and they shared something about their dad. And I started thinking to myself, what would my five kids say about me? Right? My dad was the greatest dad in the world. He ate McDonald's too much and that's why he's dead. You know, like, you know, jokes, Lord. Luckily, I don't have the gift of prophecy. <laughs> you know, it, it was sad. Like 52, you don't think you're going to die at 52. Kobe Bryant, you don't think you're going to die at 41. Gianna Bryant, you don't think you're going to die at 13. But it happens. Scripture tells us, you do not even know what's going to happen tomorrow. And this isn't against planning. It's, it's not saying don't plan. No. You should be, you know, you should be smart about the way you live your life. But you've got to hold your life loosely because it can go. You know, that, the, the, the memorial finished and my wife came home um, and, and, you know, she was like, what were you doing? And I was like, oh, I was watching the memorial. And she's like, oh, I was wondering why you had, I was wondering why your eyes were teary. <laughs> and then what did I do? Then what did I do? Do you remember? I gave my wife a big hug. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's my wife. She doesn't even remember. Please pray for her. I'm your husband. You know, I woke up that morning and I gave my kids all just that little bit of an extra hug. You know why? Because life is short. 
you know, I, I was thinking about this. You know, for some people, you're holding on to like something in your life, some bitterness or some grudge. You know, for some of you, you're, all you're thinking about is retirement. All you're thinking about is 20 years down the track and you're living your life for that moment. And, and you know what God's saying is, what, what if you don't get there? What if you don't get there? What if this is it for your life? Then you're going to look back at your life and you know what you're going to think? What a waste. I should have been more present. I should have invested into things that were really important. I think it's an opportunity for us to just reevaluate those things. Number one, life is short. Number two, Jesus is good. John 10, 9 and 10, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus isn't just talking about the fullness of life in this life, but the fullness of life eternal. Friends, Jesus is the gateway to a full life in eternity and in this life. Jesus isn't just a salesman trying to make you buy something that will make your life more comfortable and better. Can I tell you? Actually, it's the opposite. Jesus actually says, you follow me, life's going to be full of suffering. Life's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. You know, the, the, the lie is that when you become a Christian, life becomes easy and it becomes cruisy and everything suddenly is fantastic. And that's the biggest lie. Jesus never said that, but he said he'll give you fullness. He said he'll give you peace and he'll give you completion in your heart. And you'll be able to experience that in this life and eternity. What Jesus is offering to us is more than just an upgrade to life. He's offering us the forgiveness of sins. And he did that with the death that he died on the cross so that you and I can have life, life to the fullest. Thirdly, if life is short, and Jesus is good. Live wisely. I actually titled that bit, Live Accordingly. But I changed it to Live Wisely. If you know life is short and temporary, and if you believe that Jesus is the gateway to life, then make some good decisions about life. Make good decisions about what you're going to do in your life, how you're going to live your life, who you're going to hang out with. Can I tell you, nobody, because life is short, nobody got time for things that are wasteful. You know, my wife and I, we have these conversations every week. I know there are so many people that are busy, right? But can I tell you, there are different levels of when people say, I'm busy. Like when my, my kid tells me I'm busy, it means that, you know, they, they got like one assignment tomorrow, you know, and everyone else is like, you don't even have to work, right? You know, and then someone at work goes, hey, I'm busy. And you go, you know, like, you know, you don't have to work two jobs. You know, you don't have a kid. And then when, I, when a parent says to me, I'm busy, I've got to, you know, look after my one or two kids. And I say, excuse me, do you have five children? Do you know what five children means? It means I am, I am concurrently running seven identical schedules at the same time. You know what the hilarious thing about being busy is? Everyone thinks they're busy. But it's a question of what are you busy with? What are you busy with? And that's what you need to ask yourself. Can I tell you in this room, I'm not going to name because 
That's embarrassing. But some of you are busy doing things that are useless. Some of you are giving up precious moments of your life. And you should be giving up those moments to the important things of God, of your family, of your children, and investing into important things. And you know what you're giving it up for? You're giving it up for an extra few hours of work. You're giving it up for an extra few hours watching Netflix. Friends, live wisely. Know where your time goes because every moment is precious. Every moment is precious. I told you, my son, it was his birthday yesterday, one full year. What a crazy year. And one of the things my wife and I were talking about was, what was one of the highlights of the year? And it was the fact that it was lockdown, that we actually got to spend time as a family together. Precious. Some of you need to reevaluate what is important in your life. Especially if life is short and if Jesus is good, you need to think about it. You need to think about what you're investing your life into. You need to think about how you want to live this week. Friends, you need to live your life with intention and with purpose to treasure every moment that God has given to you. And I know I'm going to tell this to you and for a moment you're going to be like, yes, I will do that. You know, I'm going to appreciate, everyone's going to be so much nicer to each other at lunch today because we're all going to appreciate each other. You know, that's great. And then as soon as Monday comes, gone. Why? Back to work. Back to the grind. And we forget. And that's the human condition. We forget. And that's okay. I'm not going to judge you if you forget, but I'm just going to remind you today in this moment because you are here. You are online. You're in this space because God wants to speak to you. God wants you to hear this, that life is short, that Jesus is good. So make good decisions. Don't waste your life on trivial things that do not matter. But waste your life seeking the kingdom of God in all things that you do, in every moment of your life. Jesus is amazing. Let's pray.